This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Wait on God. We usually don't like to wait. We have, we have minute rice. We have instant coffee, instant cash. We want instant God. It's not, that's not the way God works. He's not instant. He can, but God works in your life. It takes time for you to observe life. And so these difficult circumstances, Paul has perseverance, persecution, persecution. A common theme when we read the Bible is the idea of waiting on God. Right before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples to wait. We read stories in the Old Testament where God tells his people to wait. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about the importance of waiting on God. Waiting on God can be hard because we tend to be impatient, but it's better to do something in his timing than to rush it in our own timing. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 as he continues his message, Paul's charge to Timothy and the Word of God. Paul's purpose, what he says, to live as Christ, to die as gain. He didn't care about death. To live as Christ, to die as gain. Sixteen times Paul identified his purpose. Sixteen times he mentions an apostle of Jesus Christ. And in all his epistles, sixteen times. Am I not an apostle of Jesus Christ? So that's his ministry. The next category deals with his personal virtues, his qualities. And the next three is faith, long-suffering, love. So faith, Paul speaking of his trust it places trust in Christ where he surrendered his life on the road to Damascus, but also as a personal commitment, as devotion, he trusts in the Lord in all things and everything. You know, many of us have made it to the cross. You're born again, you're saved, but we, we kind of lose the area of faith. It kind of dwindles down because we all base our relationship with Christ and whether we're following Christ based on circumstances. But no, faith needs to continue on. We need to grow in our faith. Paul say, walk in faith, walk in faith. And it's the life, trusting in God in everything, trusting in God. I don't know what you came in with. I know there are things that are consuming you, but listen, faith, faith. And it's not how much faith. People say, oh, you don't have enough faith. No, you say you have faith as a mustard seed because it's not how much faith you have, but who you have your faith in. That makes the difference. I remember one time, you know, Judy wasn't feeling well. She was ill, whatever it is. And, and, and somebody gave us some tapes, one of these TV evangelists about faith. And I'm like saying, oh, this is interesting. I already know how most of them are. And he gave a story about this man who died of cancer. Hello, Christians are dying of cancer, by the way. But he said, if only this man had enough faith. And that's what's being taught with this prosperity movement that's in TV. This name and acclaim it, blabbing and grabbing, shaking and baking kind of people. 
you call it to, oh, God, oh, God, oh, I'm sorry, I had a plan, but because you say you want me to do it, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, like God's going to stop everything because of you, because you demand God. Can I tell you something? You know my survey, right? 10 out of 10 people, right, you're going to die from the very last thing you're sick from. Right? And so this is what has destroyed a lot of Christians, especially when they come and put up their tents. A healing revival. Some guy on TV that heals people, which there's no proof, is all a show. They come into town, they set up their tent, they mislead people. Then they pack their tent and leave, nobody's healed, and the churches within the community have to deal with that. Paul says, Helen, you know, he says, Lord, I pray three times to take this thorn away from my flesh. What did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient. Some people say, oh, the thorn is flesh. I had to deal with a, a problem. Um, the word flesh in the Greek is the same in the English. Thorn in the flesh. He had pain. Listen, Paul, we're going to see what Paul went through. He's been through a lot. He's been beat up pretty badly. Almost left for dead. So he's going to have a lot of scars. As Max, some of the books, he had to have somebody help him finish writing because his eyesight wasn't that great because when he met the Lord and rode Damascus, the Lord healed him. But the Lord didn't heal him 100%. God's will. Whatever he wants to do. And so people get caught up with this healing stuff. And so we need to be careful. So... I kind of got off a little bit, but I, I don't know. Well, we trust the Lord for that one, right? Faith, right? Faith. These are one of the, the virtues, right? And he also, in his personal life, long-suffering, meaning that, uh, you know, it's towards, you know, adversaries, false teachers, you know, for brethren, for the, for the church, you know, long-suffering, meaning to suffer long. <laughs> it means to be patient with someone, to be with someone, to deal with it long. We don't like the long part. But God is doing the work. The longer it takes, the more God is doing the work. Then we have love. In so many ways, Paul showed love. He had a heart. He, he even wrote in his epistles. He teared. He cried for the church. He, he had a heart for the church. So he prayed for the saints. He loved the church so much. And his fellow man. The next category, the next three, deals with difficult experiences and has to deal with perseverance, persecution. And so let's look at perseverance, meaning patient. Not so much for difficult people, but for difficult circumstances. This is something we need to learn. To wait on God. Wait on God. We usually don't like to wait. We have we have minute rice, we have instant coffee, instant cash, we want instant God. It's not, that's not the way God works. He's not instant. He can, but God works in your life. It takes time for you to observe life. And so these difficult circumstances, Paul has perseverance, persecution, persecution. Wow. Paul kind of insert this in the middle of all these nine characteristics, but this one stands out to me. I don't know about you. It stands out. If anybody knows persecution is the Apostle Paul. I mean, no one been through the scourging and the crucifixion as Christ has, but if there's anyone like maybe not second, third, but maybe fourth or fifth, it would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. 
you remember, this was ordained by God, by the way. All that Paul went through, all his suffering, his persecution was ordained by God. Because you see, before his name was Paul, his name was Saul of Tarsus, you know, you remember that, right? In the book of Acts, in chapter 9, we see that he's on the road to Damascus, getting ready to continue to persecute the church, arrest them, some of them were being murdered. And on his way to persecute the church, Jesus appeared to him. And there he surrendered his life to Jesus. But here's what was interesting, after he was blinded for like three days, There was a man named Ananias that the Lord called. Jesus called Ananias and he said, listen, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. I'm going to get to a verse. There was this man named Saul of Tarsus. And I'm pretty sure Ananias had to do a double take. Saul of Tarsus, you want me to go to Saul of Tarsus and lay hands on him and pray? Are we talking about the same Saul of Tarsus? You know, he's the one that held the coats who, of those who stoned Stephen. We're talking about soul tosses. Okay, I need a confirmation here. <laughs> I don't know how long how this went, but this is what the Lord told Ananias. In Acts chapter 9, verse 16, he says, For I will show him, speaking of Saul, who's now Paul, how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Before he began his ministry to share the gospel, before he even wrote any of the epistles, this was called by Christ. Christ said, I will show him how many things he will suffer. And so we see here that, as some would say, the persecutor became the persecuted in Christ. Look what he says. This is resume. And so when people, like they like to call themselves an apostle, Biblically, you know, we're all apostles means one sent out. We're all apostles in a general sense. But the only apostles qualification you find in the book of Acts, those who have witnessed Jesus with their eyes, there's nobody alive today for that. So there's no such thing as one who's calling himself an apostle. Be careful. They probably don't know their scripture. But here it is. An apostle. People want to be an apostle? Well, if you want to be an apostle, I like to see someone at least meet this resume that Paul has. It's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. Verses 23 to 28, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Those are by the Gentiles. Gentiles don't count. They just keep whipping. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Oh, by the way, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily. This is what Paul been through for the sake of the ministry. This is what he been. And people was. I'm going to, I want to be apostle, <laughs> archbishop. Listen, read 2 Corinthians and see if you really want to be an apostle. 
Okay? And that's a calm, you know, people need to humble themselves. And God will humble those who exalt themselves. He's faithful with that. You don't have to even ask the Lord to do it. He will do it. But this is an apostle. All for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul loved two people. He loved the Lord and he loved people. That's it. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, Paul writes this. And we labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. We endure through persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. And lastly, so we saw that the ninth character, it deals with affliction, suffering. Paul, we saw this in Paul's ministry. We saw this in the early church. We see in the church today. Again, I recommend one of the books you should have on your shelf as a Christian is Fox's book, A Martyr. First published in the 1500s. It's still being re- revised even to this day because Christians are being persecuted. But, you know, this is one thing that Christians do forget. That being a Christian means you will be persecuted. I'm not talking about people abandoning you. Oh, they don't want to be your friend. You're not getting a promotion and a job. I'm not talking about that kind of persecution. I'm talking about real persecution. Thank, by God's grace, I mean, we're seeing it more and more for the church, for Christians, and even our own nation is increasing more. Christians will always be. No one is greater than a master, Jesus said. No one's greater than a master. And so we see that Paul the Apostle knew. He knew that he was called to suffer, as the Lord said, that he will suffer many things for his namesake. This was fulfilled. Paul this suffered. But one thing Paul did learn in the midst of suffering, because this is where most people fall. They fall. In the midst of suffering. We must endure suffering. We must endure suffering. Paul learned. All suffering that he was going through. Cannot be compared to the glory. That will be revealed. To him later on. And that's for all of us. All that we suffer for Christ. For Christ. I'm not talking about your own problems. It has nothing. You know, we blame everything. Also, we get spiritual. We get on our knees when we go through circumstances and problems. I'm talking about when you suffer persecution because you live for Christ. Paul writes this in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He said, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When we get to heaven, the Lord's going to say, I didn't say it was easy. This is my version. Uh, But it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. God is worth it. Christ is worth it for me to suffer on this earth. Christ suffered for me. He loved me even when I was a sinner. He died on the cross for me. And I can't live for him here on this earth. There's a glory. We're doing well with time. We're only in verse 10. Back to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10. It's Paul writes, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecution, affliction, which happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, which this is Central Asia Minor. You'll find this, this 
whole, what, what Paul is talking about for you, for you students taking notes in Acts chapter 14. This happened during Paul's first missionary journey, his first missionary journey in Acts chapter 14. He says, what persecution I endured. I love this at the end of verse 10. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. All of them. All the stoning, the shipwreck, the whipping, right? The the imprisonment, the Lord delivered me. He delivered me from all that I've been through. He delivered me out of all of it. And what Paul is doing, he's proclaiming along with the psalmist, Psalms 34 verse 19, David writes this, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all, not some, all. And he could also uh, chime in with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, they were put in a fiery furnace. What did they say? Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. He is able. He is able. And so like Paul, like the psalmist David, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you and I, all of us, we can endure through persecution because the Lord will deliver us from persecution. Now, you can try to endure on your own. You can try to do it your way. But it's not going to be successful. When you're doing it your way, understand this, God steps away. Because you're doing things not according to his will. You're doing things in the flesh. When you do things your way, God is not in it. That's in anything. You can apply that to anything. I I had people say, hey, can you pray for my marriage? And I find out they're not married. (laughs) You're not married. How can I pray for your marriage? The Bible doesn't talk about boyfriends and girlfriends, by the way. If you're courting, then get married before you burn, right? I can't pray. God is not going to intervene something that's a unity that's not sacred. It's not, not honoring the Lord. So I'm using that as an example. And in the same way, we cannot endure, you know, if we want to do it our way. God's way, God's way is better. His way is always perfect. And if you want God to deliver you from them all, then leave it to him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We run this race, and when you run the race, You're not running alone. You're running. As a runner, we run for the prize. We're running for the prize and reward. We're running for Jesus. But here's the thing. He runs with us. If you're running the right direction and you're obeying the rules of the game to run a race, he's the author and finisher of that faith. Your faith, the author, when you gave your life to Christ, that's when it began in your life, and finisher when we stand before the Lord, when we finish the race of life. That's what Paul wrote. He says, he, Christ, who began that good work in you, that's salvation, will complete it unto the day of Christ. When is the day of Christ? When you stand in glory before the Lord. 
So as long as you're in this, in this world, your soul, your spirit is still here in your flesh, you're going to be running this race. And the only way you can endure, uh, the writer of Hebrew, Paul, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, he gives us two things here. He says, is endure in persecution. We are to run the race that is set before us and be faithful to the Lord and trust in God and you to run. And secondly, we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's how, that's how Paul endured. He endured and God was faithful to deliver him through it all. Verse 12, he says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer. Maybe? No, will suffer persecution. And you know the Bible's filled with so many promises. But I can guarantee you, you know, like, you know, you have the Christian decor, right? The Lord is my shepherd. You know, I can do all things to Christ Jesus. You know, it's beautiful, framed. You have it on your refrigerator, and you have it even on your, you know, your pillows with scriptures. You have scriptures all over the house. This is one scripture, I promise, that nobody's going to write. I guarantee you, it's not going to be in a bumper sticker. It's not going to be in your refrigerator door. You're not going to have it framed up in your house. But this is the promise to say, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. If anybody frames that, let me know. I would like to see it. (laughs) If you desire to live godly, you will suffer persecution. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verses 18 to 20, he says, if the world hates you, which it does, not because you look ugly or they don't like your clothes, it's because of Jesus that's in you. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Be careful. You're loved by the world. Are you really showing the world that you're a Christian? Yet, he says, because you are not of this world, but I choose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. That could be another frame Bible verse. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 and 30. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 and 30. It says... For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, that's easy, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict, that word conflict in the Greek means, is the word aragon, which means agony. Have the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Oh yeah, Jesus loves me, I'm a Christian, praise the Lord. At the end of the program, you know, we're hurting. Can you please sow a seed of a thousand dollars? You know? Hey, you just talked about faith. Where's your faith? Anyway, it's been granted you'll be have not only to believe, but also to suffer. I'm You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Have you ever wondered why there are so many letters written in the New Testament? 1 Timothy is just one of many letters that gives you some insight into the ministry that was happening after the time that Jesus lived here on earth. There were struggles and there were successes. But you realize that as great as those missionaries and pastors were, they were also just human. They had strengths, weaknesses, discouragements, and moments of triumph. Isn't it great to know and to relate to people in the Bible? 
They're spiritual pillars in some ways, but you come to realize that they were people that God used, just like He can use you in this time and place. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Once again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll refer to our website for additional resources that include hearing these messages again or learning about the church behind the ministry. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. I'm reaching-